Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Justin and I'm about to have Sean Mooney in here and we're gonna have a quick conversation with Sean Mooney um it might not be as long as the Rikishi one because he is uh at an event and he's ducking out for us so we can quickly have a conversation with us but it's gonna be good man um I know Backlash's kickoff show starts within an hour so we'll definitely be done before that um yeah man I hope you guys enjoy it's just gonna be a casual conversation with the wrestling classic Sean Mooney uh we'll talk about his podcast and everything he's got going on but I'm back into the wrestling world and yeah, much more, much, 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 much more. Um, hope you guys enjoy. Let me see if he's in here, because if he's in here, we'll get this show on the road. You know what I mean? How's everybody doing today? Also, the Squared Circle DNA, the first episode of the podcast has dropped, so you can find it on iTunes, SoundCloud, um, the com. It's already up, so check out that. But I'm going to get Sean Mooney in here. And we're going to have this conversation, we're going to talk about his podcast and everything else that's going on, and his time with professional wrestling, I'm going to ask him your guys' questions and stuff, so. Alright. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's been a little crazier, and I'm at a, an event right now, and uh, oh. I was scrambling to find a room that I could get in, because that event is still going on upstairs, but uh, here we are, we connected, so. I know, awesome. it's great. I appreciate you doing this. It actually means a lot. Um, I was, yeah, and it's good that we got it at the time we got it. And I know you're, you're at an event, so I don't want to take too much of your time. No but worries. I thought we could have a quick chat. We'll talk about um, everything you're doing now, because I think it's super cool with the yeah. podcast and everything. So um, first of all, maybe let's start about that. Like, uh, Obviously, you were with the WWF from, what was it, 1988 to 1993? That's right. How yeah. did you, how did you, were you a wrestling fan growing up? Uh, well, you know, I grew up in uh, uh, Tucson, Arizona, not yeah. a big uh, wrestling hub. We didn't get many shows back in the day, but, uh, you know, every once in a while we get it on TV and I thought it was, you know, awesome. And, but it was all part of growing up, you know, I was a real big sports fan. Yeah. So, you know, I followed everything, but we never really got a chance to see these guys up close. So, uh, the way I ended up getting into it is pretty crazy because I went eventually, you know, I graduated from college out in Arizona and then I went back East. I got a chance to get a job with uh, Major League Baseball Productions in New York City 
because they had done a show out here called the Baseball Bunch. It's it's a kind yeah. of a crazy story how it all came together. But I did get the chance to go back there right out of school and work. Yeah. And uh, this is all coming together in the last couple of days. This, this story I'm going to tell you is uh, so I worked for uh, Major League Baseball Productions and I started out as a producer and then I wanted to be a talent as well. So we were a, uh, a company where there were opportunities for me to get in front of a camera back then. And I took every chance I had. And I did a show called Light Moments in Sports with Joe Namath. And yeah. uh, I was a producer, but I was also filling in doing little spots when they needed people to do stories. And we did a show together called Light Moments in Sports. And I uh, got a chance to go do a story out at the uh, Monster Factory in New Jersey with Larry Sharp. And it was about you know, wrestling and how people train to wrestle. And I went out there and did this kind of uh, crazy, lighthearted, but, you know, kind of giving people an idea of what people went through to, to become professional wrestlers. And the story goes that someone with the WWF, I think it was Vince, but I don't know if, you know, yeah. maybe someone brought the story to him. But he saw it, and then I, they called me because I knew somebody who had worked for that company who knew me. And they just called me and said, hey, Vince McMahon wants to meet you. And I'm like, what? Uh, so I went up there and auditioned, and a couple weeks later, they called me to give me the job. Now, full circle here. This is kind of uh, interesting. Yeah. This has just happened in the last few days. Is I just did an interview with Scott Levy. Uh, mm -hmm. And I remember, I don't know why, you know, we set this interview up. And, you know, everybody, of course, knows him as Raven. Yeah, but it just kept sticking in my head. Me, I remember doing this story way back in. We're talking, you know, thirty years ago, basically. And I kept thinking, like Scotty the Body. I just remember that name for some reason. <laughs> yeah. And so one of the producers that works with me, he looked up that clip from Light Moments of Sports. In this, in this uh, feature that we did, I do an interview with these guys at the camp. Scott Levy was at that camp training, just getting started, and. That's working crazy. on his shtick. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. And here, I, and I, I just saw the interview with him. Yeah. Did you see it? No, I did see it. And I just saw the yeah. I saw the video that you posted on the picture. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's crazy. Yeah. And the fact you got, that you got to check it out. You got to check it out. I it's will. on YouTube. We put it up on YouTube. It's on uh, Twitter. Did you guys figure that out while you guys were in the middle of the interview? Or? Well, yeah, because uh, I, I, I had thought about it that morning. And I'm thinking, is, I mean, how many Scotty the bodies are there? And, he, and I remember he kind of looked like him it's been a while you know and it just never put the two yeah. together and so before we went uh, started recording i said you know scott i think that we have a connection i said i'm not going to mention it till we get on till we yeah. start recording and he's like all right let's go and so i laid it out for him and he's like oh my he goes i remember that you'll hear it in the podcast when it comes out but no, goes, definitely i remember that so how so, did how how was the, so when you met vince like what was the process to actually get the job like was this something you really wanted to do at the time or was it an opportunity you just couldn't pass or? Well, I wanted to be on television for one thing. I wanted, I really wanted to be a talent, but also I wanted to be in sports television. Um, and so I was just looking for an opportunity and it just, it came along. I did, you know, I had followed, if you remember back then, you know, we're talking 85, 86 in that area, yeah. 87, it was, you know, WWF was blowing up. And yeah. I lived in New York City, and that's, remember, they had rock and wrestling, MTV was involved, you know, Cindy Lauper, you know, all these guys that were mainstream people, these mainstream entertainers were getting involved. And so I, uh, you know, I knew all about it. So, and, and I really educated myself before I went up there. I had about two weeks to do it. And yeah. uh, so by the time I got up there, I knew pretty much everything about the company. I knew all the superstars. 
but as far as you know coming from that background and wrestling being you know my total focus it wasn't at all i was just really wanting to get you know into sports television and this was a way to get in so what well, obviously when you started you you did um i know you did a lot for coliseum video and i was actually watching a lot of that today yeah Yeah. What do you have any fun stories from the times of through Coliseum video? I posted like three clips from stuff that you did with Lord Alfred Hayes because they were just yeah. hilarious. How was it working with Lord Alfred Hayes and stuff? Well, it, and uh, if you know my uh, you know my background, you know how much what you know Lord Alfred meant to me and Gorilla Monsoon, those guys that uh, really took me under their wings and you know helped me in the business really early on. But um, yeah, Alfred and I. Uh, when we started doing Coliseum videos, they didn't know what was going to really happen with it because yeah. I think uh, Coliseum had approached them and, you know, they were doing other things. And with uh, th this is when people were really first discovering about, you know, the videotapes and VHS and, you know, and Blockbuster, you know, these, these small, at the time there were small little video stores, you know, before the Blockbuster came along, but they were just starting to experiment with it. And they went to Uh, World Wrestling Federation at the time, and they said, we've got an idea. We want to market your tapes. And uh, so they're like, sure, we'll see how this goes. And at the time, I lived in Stanford. That's where, you know, I was one of the talent that lived in Stanford, and so did, and Alfred was there too. So they said, well, let, let, let them host them. Yeah. So at the beginning, we were pretty much had free reign to do whatever we wanted with them. I mean, we just were able to We'd go into a prop closet and they'd say, well, yeah. they, this is a theme about, you know, war or something or whatever it was. And we would put, you know, find military hats or something and whatever, and just go out there and just put it together. And so we were pretty much able to do what we wanted. Now, once it blew up and they were selling thousands and thousands of these, then they got a little bit more, you know, scripted. Okay. And uh, yeah, so you'll see that kind of the progression is what we started out. And it was like, yeah, they're just having fun. So, okay. Now they're getting into more elaborate productions. So I enjoyed both, but uh, Alfred and I had a blast doing them. And then also you did primetime wrestling with uh, one of my favorites, and a lot of people's favorites, Bobby the Brain Heenan. I saw a lot of episodes you did yeah. with him. How was it working with Bobby? Do you have any stories about Bobby Heenan? Oh, God. Uh, yeah, Bobby was just, it was it was great because I was, uh, you know, a very young uh, performer at the time. I mean, I was just coming into the WWF. I really hadn't done much of anything. And, you know, those guys and especially with the business if if they don't i'm not saying don't like you but if they don't have any interest in helping put you over you're dead and yeah. bobby was just incredibly generous if you look back at the stuff that we did um you know he was so quick on his feet and so just tremendous with any kind of improvisation you did and i love being you know the, the straight guy so yeah. whenever i got an opportunity to work with bobby you know we just had a really good time And you could, did you ever have to hold your laughter when you're working? With oh, them? yeah. I, well, one story, you know, the one that everybody, a lot of the video people have seen is when we were, you know, the, the first Raw and we were out in front of the building and Bobby keeps showing up in all these different costumes. Yeah. And, you know, the way we did things back then, they didn't tell you what, what you know, they'd give you a scenario yeah. and basically say he's trying to get in the building and they don't want him to get in and go. And so he would show up and I didn't even, I never saw him in costume before he came up to do the bits, like the one when he was dressed like the woman. And yeah. then when he came dressed as the uh, Hasid with yeah, the hat yeah. on and the big long beard. <laughs> and I remember on that one, we we're out in front there and um, he, <laughs> he had this beard, you know, you ever see those, they're just, I don't know what the material is. It's just nasty material that you, the fake beard. Yeah. And he kept... As he was trying to talk, if you look in the video, he the stuff was getting in his mouth, and he was like 
choking on it. Yeah. And you'll see me almost lose it That's when hilarious. I pull the beard <laughs> off. And there, yeah. And, but you, if, if they wouldn't have had the camera on me, you would have seen me kind of break because he no. was, it was just so funny. And you've also got to, obviously, throughout your time there, you interviewed a whole bunch of wrestlers. Uh, one, of, one of my favorites, obviously, is the one time you, uh, you uh, interviewed the Macho Man while he was the Macho King. Because yeah. uh, Macho Man's my favorite wrestler of all time. But do you have any fun stories about other wrestlers you might have interviewed during that period of time or something that's really memorable that you would share with the people? Yeah. Uh, well, I always tell the story about Andre at Madison Square Garden yeah. when, uh, you know, he was had a few bottles of wine that night, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, he he was there with with Bobby and he uh, we you know down the, we do these interviews backstage and he did like one big arm sweep you know yeah. about, you know oh Kogan I'm going to get you and he yeah. <laughs> knocked me right off the set right I went flying off into the you know they had the chairs and all the stuff off to the side and yeah. uh, that was that was pretty memorable because uh, you know he didn't even realize he was doing that what he'd done well you know because. Yeah. And you hear him, he kind of comes over, and they had you know, the microphones. We didn't have the, the uh, wireless microphones, so that was on the wire. And I was just yeah. laying over there, and you hear him come over and go, you okay, boss? <laughs> so <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, obviously, with Andre and everything going on with him, everybody loves a good Andre story, so that was a cool tweet yeah. for us right now. Um, so basically, you left in 1993 then, right? Yeah. Um, what, was, what was the reason that you, want, that you left the WWF? Like, what, made that well, what made you make that decision? <laughs> Uh, well, you know, it was at a time when, um, you know, prior to 93, everything was family focused. Yeah. And there was a lot going on at the time. And we kind of changed direction a little bit. And I really liked the idea that we were really appealing, appealing to children and, and uh, family oriented. And it just kind of started to change. And the company was changing a bit. And I just wanted to do something new. A lot of people didn't realize, you know, I was in my early 30s. I felt like I'd gotten all this experience. I had people offering me things and, you know, to go off and try and do different things. And so I just decided it was at the time, that's, that's what I wanted to do. Now, looking back, I, you know, I might think like idiot, what, what the hell were you thinking? Yeah. But then, you know, I was just young and pretty cocky thinking that I could go off and, and I, and I had a lot of fun doing these other things, but um, it was just where I was at the time. And yeah. a lot of people don't, you know, Vince was convinced I was going to go work for the WCW. And I'm like, I told yeah. him, I'm like, no, I mean, if I'm going to work for somebody in professional wrestling, it's going to be you. And yeah. so, uh, yeah. And then I went from there and I ended up working at WWOR and became a news anchor and, and was in news for quite a while. And then went back into sports and worked for Fox sports, uh, Arizona. And, uh, then went back into news. And the way this came about was, uh, you know, I had done a few appearances with the WWE and people started contacting me to do shows and uh, do some appearances. And then, uh, you know, I just kind of that that appearance with the thousandth episode of Raw. Yeah, that's me back in touch with everybody. Yeah. yeah. And I thought like, you know, I mean, when they asked me, I'm like, geez, why, why would anybody want me to, you know, why, yeah. why do they want to see me? You know, and, and I was just really blown away by the reaction. You know, the next day I had you know, a couple thousand people had were following me on Twitter and, uh, and, you know, say, Hey, where, where, where have you been? And all this. And, and so that just kind of grew and grew more and more people got in touch with me. And then uh, about a year ago, uh, uh, Court Bauer with MLW radio network contacted me and said, you know, would you ever, you ever thought about doing a podcast? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Um, you know, 
Had Maybe. you listened to any podcasts before that? Like, were there any wrestling podcasts yeah, a few. you would have checked out? Yeah, yeah, but I didn't really think that, uh, you know, like, what would I do? I mean, I wasn't a wrestling yeah. historian. And it just kind of came down to a, a, a situation where I said, well, if I can do this, you know, I want to do it with somebody else who would, you know, be fun doing it with. And mm-hmm. um, so Hacksaw came in. I, you know, contacted Hacksaw, and he did it with me for about 19 episodes. And then his schedule just got too crazy. So, um, you know, then we just had uh, kept one. He wanted to not do the podcast anymore. So I started doing all of these other guests every week. And it's kind of grown from there. And it's been really fun because if you listen yeah, to initially it, not, I do, I do remember you starting with Hacksaw. When I first started listening, it was you and Hacksaw. Yeah. And then, and then I, I realized he kind of dis- disappeared. He wasn't on it no more. And then we started yeah. getting guests. Um, so you've had a ton of guests. Um, can you name some of them? So the people that haven't checked with the podcast is called Primetime Sh- with uh, Primetime Sean Mooney, is it? It's uh, Primetime with Sean Mooney. Yeah. Pa- and you can get it. Sean uh, you can find it on the MLW Network, yeah. iTunes, Sound, yeah iTunes, whatever your, your, uh, those three platforms out there you can get. But we've had, you know, uh, Road Warrior Animal. Uh, you know, I've had, uh, you know, Tony Schiavone was on. Bruce Pritchard's been on. I uh, just did an episode with Hillbilly Jim. Uh, you know, we've had, we're in our 47th episode. I mean, you pretty much find everybody that you uh, would love to hear from. And I love to find people that you don't expect to hear from. I had yeah. Jim John. And Jim Johnston on talking about, you know, all the music he's done for the WWF, WWE. And it was uh, just a great episode. And, and also another great one was with uh, Harry Smith, uh, yeah. David Boyd Smith's son. So uh, that is, it was just, you know, very unexpected conversation because he was very open about, mm-hmm. you know, his life growing up with the Hart family and not having his dad around and the relationship that they had and then losing him at 17. And then as he's continued on, you know, to, to have his own wrestling career. So uh, my podcast isn't really what you'd ever expect, I think, from a, a, you know, a shoot interview podcast. I mean, it's, it's a, I, I really like to think of it as a conversation with these guys because uh, many of them I spend a lot of time with. Yeah. It's, it's like catching up. I do a lot of homework, but I don't prep them. I don't contact them or, or yeah. really before we do it because I don't want them prepared as and I don't want to be going down a list of questions. That's not the way it works. I mean, exactly. I make sure that I'm really, you know, up to date on who they are and where they've been and what they've done. But I just see where the conversation takes us. And that's really what happens. And those, so. I actually listened to both those. I really liked the Jim Johnson one. Cause I think it was the first podcast I heard him on after he yeah. went his different ways with the WWE. Um, but yeah, that's what I liked about yours too, because it is like more of them. A lot of the podcasts nowadays, the ones that are really popular, it's a lot very. There's a formula to it where it's kind of you yeah. know they have a conversation, they do the research stuff, and yours always sound like a conversation. It's also like you were a part of the industry, but at the same time, you come off as not sharing everything from your behalf, but letting them tell their stories, which is super cool, yeah. and, and you can relate to it because you understand the industry. Yeah, and that's I think you know you understand too that you know. Uh, think that sometimes these podcasts that the hosts get lost in the fact that it, you know it's not a, it's not about them you know people are yeah. tuning in they want to hear about these people so you uh i certainly steer them in different directions sometimes they say something that was almost in passing and then you say well, well, well wait a minute you know i b brian blair was on and he talked about you know that he was married to mike mcgurk who was one of the wwf uh, wwf announcers i remember her, yeah. uh, you know ring announcer and um he made some passing comment about how he had, uh, you know, uh, they had broken up. She had 
gone off with some other guy and that he got in an altercation with this guy yeah. and then went to say goodbye to her. And then <laughs> Leroy McGurk, her father, almost shot him. And he just kind of oh, went wow. on like, wait, 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 whoa, 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 what? We're getting and exclusive he here, guys. Yeah. Yeah. He, he tells this story about how <laughs> he was trying, when they were early on in their relationship, he's trying to, this is the second time he almost got, or the first time he almost got shot. But he said he's in the house and Leroy McGurk was, did not see very well at all. And he said he's in the house and he didn't, you know, he was very protective of his daughter. And he yeah. comes out of the room with a gun. And he said he's got his back against the wall in the kitchen, and the guy like walks by him, because <laughs> like, he didn't That's see crazy. very well. Yeah. yeah. And, but so I really listen to catch things like that. Because and, to get, and that's the thing when you, when you let people talk and, and you're not cutting them off with your own opinions and stuff. Yeah. Sometimes you get to hear those stories because they'll they'll bring them out because it's right. their their platform to share. And I think that's super cool like, that you got an exclusive like that. That's crazy. That you would even that's say what I said. that. And, and every one yeah. of the podcasts, I mean, I don't care if you've heard these guys in other shoot interviews. Uh, mm -hmm. You're gonna you're gonna hear it. You're gonna hear uh, different stories, and it's it's a very different uh, conversation that we have. I mean, in every one of them, I always get done and go, "Wow, you know, I can't believe that uh, I didn't know this about this guy." Yeah, you know, it's always something that comes out of it that's just crazy. I mean, we just did Lex Luger, and. Mm -hmm. Of course, everybody knows Lex's story for the most part. They know about his, uh, you know, downhill spiral that he had and the whole thing with the, uh, the death of Elizabeth Hewlett, you know, Miss Elizabeth. But yeah. in our conversation as we were talking, and he always talked about how, you know, he's, you know, of course he's found Christ and, and that's his faith is very powerful in his mm -hmm. life now. But he talks about how close his family is, but he never mentioned his ex or his kids. And yeah. I just was thinking, like, he never mentioned. I said, uh, what happened with that relationship after? And it turns out that he has not been in contact with them for all that time. Oh, that's he has crazy. two children. And he never, yeah. he still, he says, and that's, you know, I realize it's consequences to your actions. And that's one of them. And he goes, I hope one day it's different. And I reach out mm -hmm. to them whenever. But I was like, I was like, wow, that's just, you know. You know? So there's things so you like that. You must have some sort of appeal know. where they feel safe to share this with you. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, they must have something. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it it works. So uh, I just uh, I'm just enjoying. It. I really it. I enjoy the conversation. I think people realize that that I'm you know I'm like them. I I feel like I, I want to be that person who's out there saying, "What do I want to hear about? Or what do I want to yeah. know about this guy?" So that's what the. Uh, and how many of these guys? Out. How many of these guys have you talked to for the first time since like the last time you were in? Oh, super involved in the wrestling business. A, a vast majority of them. And, you know, yeah. like uh, uh, Scott Levy. Yeah. Before I put it together, I thought we'd never met. And yeah, so no, for sure. A lot of these guys, yeah, we just share uh, different experiences, but we were kind of all there, you know, at the same time. But uh, most of them I haven't uh, seen or talked to in decades. And that's right. another fun part about it, you know, comparing notes about stuff we went through. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't talked to Tony Schiavone in a long time. I ran into him one time at the WWE um, a few years back, but we didn't really get a chance to talk. And to be able to compare the notes that was of stuff that was going on back then when I was yeah. there because we never had those conversations. And you guys were both there at the same time. Yeah. yeah, and Craig DeGeorge was another person. I, Craig and I would, you know, he was there for a few months after I first got there. Yeah. But we'd never really talked. And we had a great conversation. You should check that conversation. I, well, I did it not was check so much fun. Yeah, it was fun did, talking to him. 
Did WCW ever actually reach out to you when you left in 1993, though? Did they try to reach out to you? Well, uh, I had one conversation with Tony after he had already gone back down there. And he, he just I think he was just kind of feeling me out to see what I'd be interested in. I just told him, you know, I'm, I'm I have other plans. I, you know, and I said, if I would if I wanted to do this, I'd stay. I wouldn't have never I would never have left the WWF. Yeah. So, you know. There, you know, there's kind of people always thought I got fired or whatever, or Vince and I were, you know, had bad falling. It wasn't like that at all. I actually yeah. sat in his office and just said, I think I want to go do this. And he's like, okay, you know, I get it. But I think he, he thought that I was going down to WCW. And when I became a news anchor at WWOR, the next day he sent me a telegram. Congratulate. Yeah. Because, you know, it made, made the WWF, WWE look good that here you had somebody who had worked for him. And I'm eternally grateful for the experience I got there because I would have never been able to do anything else that I did beyond there if it wasn't for that. So it's never, there was never, I've never said anything bad about Vince. I've never, we, we don't, I've never had this, you know, horrible falling out or anything like that. So, you know. You did mention earlier that you didn't like the way that it was shifting from like a very fr friend, uh, kid friendly family uh, entertainment type of situation. Did you yeah. watch during like the Monday Night Wars Attitude Era? Were you still watching during that time? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and to see, especially when it really heated up and when you started seeing, seeing things like DX coming in and, and the emergence of The Rock and, and uh, yeah. Stone Cold and you saw that. Was Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. It was a really interesting period of time, and it changed professional wrestling forever. Yeah. And, and it just seemed like a complete 360 think. from like the, the rock and wrestling time to the Adria. It's yeah. like a total yeah. different... I just wondered if you were still interested. Do you watch a product today? Yeah, I do. I have the network, uh, yeah. you know, and I, I tune in and I watch a lot of it. Um, I, watch, I watch a lot of the old stuff. But no, for it's, sure. It's Thank great. You. Oh, it's great for me for my research, you know. It's, yeah, it's yeah, a no, big for part sure. of yeah. what I do. I, and it's fun to go back and watch some of the, uh, you know, the, the promos and, and uh, not just the matches, but some of the other stuff the guys did because it reminds me of when I did those interviews with them and the stuff that – you know, that they did and what I thought was really great, you know, and uh, the guys had, uh, had a little more difficult time doing cutting promos, yeah. you know, and so it's fun to go back and look at that stuff. Even some of the, I mean, people send me stuff with me all the time. I'm like, oh, my God, how did they put me on TV back yeah. then? That was so bad, <laughs> you know? Did you, did you ever look back? Do you ever look back and kind of appreciate those guys cutting those promos stuff, knowing how scripted it is today, in a sense? Because it is a lot more scripted and controlled where – Back then, uh, through all the podcasts I've heard, including yours, there would be like, you yeah. know, we got, bullet, we got bullet points and then we just went out there and we did our thing. Uh, uh, do, you think, do you think it was better back then or better now? 
Oh, I, I, I absolutely think it was better back then. Uh, and, and don't get me wrong when, when I say, I mean, I don't, I think that um, there's some tremendous talent with the WWE today. There really is. I wish uh, some of these guys that were back in the eighties would have really uh, been tremendous superstars. Um, but back then you really were given the opportunity to develop your character. You know, those guys yeah. really were able to have that creative freedom so that when they went out there, when they cut promos, they were that guy. And they were really able, because it, you know, I remember they, guys had different methods of doing things, but you'd see them, you could just see how they would put the stuff together and they lived their gimmick every day. You know, at least when they were on the road, they lived their gimmick 24 seven when they were, you know, yeah. uh, they rode in separate cars, they stayed in different, you know, the hotels, they weren't allowed to, you know, really hang out together. And they really were able to develop their characters. And also, if you were, certainly remember that you were able to develop these storylines that would last months and months and months. Yeah. People were going out of their minds because they wanted some resolution. You never saw these guys really go at it in the ring. You had to go to a house show. You had to get the pay-per-view to see it happen. Mm -hmm. Today, and, and for whatever the reason with the product, they, they move it along much quicker. They script it more. And, you know, I just think that that's something that that's... Uh, doesn't make it as great a product to me as far as just yeah, watching yeah. it entertainment wise because i think that these they're these guys if they let them go because you're talking yeah. like somebody like the rock who said when they, yeah. when they finally just said do what you feel yeah that's when everything changed and i think, and I think it's, these it's, guys it, it, it was better in the sense that the, the fans would kind of get a way to be able to choose who they want to root for through what the wrestlers are doing rather than trying to choose through what they're being told to do kind of in a, yeah. if that makes sense you know but yeah um if do you think in today's like generation um a show not i know there was different incarnations of it obviously there was the gorilla monsoon and bobby heenan one and the four-man panel one but do you think a studio version show like time time wrestling in a studio version way would work in today's atmosphere mostly with the network well i think that uh you see examples of like that in a in a sense with uh you know edge and christian yeah like those guys are from what I hear uh, and I've experienced, I did an episode with them. They have yeah. uh, creative freedom. <laughs> yeah. And that feels great. Yeah. I think in that format, yeah, maybe that if they really let um, some of these guys, because there are some really creative people with the WWE, yeah. right? And yeah. I think if they let them do shows like that, more, more of those shows, I think, yeah, I think it, it could work. Um, you know, go ahead. Well, I'm saying that they, that, that if you had two announcers, like you had Bobby and Gorilla, and they just worked for because of that, you know, that time, and, and it was just magic in a bottle with those two when they were together. But there's, you know, they could they could do the same thing, I think, with a couple of the announcers, uh, you know, Corey and, and somebody else who's a superstar or, or something yeah. like that would work. And then let the guys come in and do bits, uh, kind of like we used to do before. I really think it could work. But uh, I think what happens is then it gets overproduced, and then that that takes it away takes away from that, it. I can kind of see that because I just I always you know? felt growing up when I was younger like I, I all those type of shows and stuff used to uh, give you more time to really get to know the characters and develop like the care not the storylines necessarily because they didn't really stupidly include the storylines too much they talked about them, but it gave you more time to connect with the actual characters and the wrestlers themselves yeah. outside of you know the main shows that were on every week in the pay-per-views. And I think that's something that's kind of missing today because you see them on Raw and SmackDown. And then after that, it's kind of like, you don't really see them anywhere else too much. So yeah. I thought that, I 
Yeah. Um, let me see what other questions we might have here, but I'm going to let you go soon because I know you have you had an event. I really do appreciate you coming on here. Um, My pleasure. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I hope everybody will uh, check out uh, our YouTube channel, um, Primetime with Sean Mooney. We've got a lot of great stuff up there, and you can see that clip that I mentioned with uh, Scott Levy. Um, so if you got a chance, go to our YouTube page and check that out because there's a lot of really fun stuff. And I and we've also broken up some of this stuff for the interviews, so you don't so you don't have to act, you know listen to the whole two hour episode because most of them are. But we you know we've broken them into clips, and you can hear that uh, those clips about you know, like Lex talking about his kids and, and that kind of thing if you go to the YouTube channel. So. And so you're on YouTube, you're on iTunes, um, you can find it on MLW Network. Um, are, are you ever thinking about getting involved with any of the MLW stuff that they're doing now, since they're doing shows and stuff? Yeah, but I'm a, a you know I'm a news anchor out here where I live, and I do a morning yeah. show, so it's it's uh, it's, it's it would be a little tougher for me to be involved. Yeah, I, I have uh, been doing you know I do some where I've gotten out to some of these shows, and also um, uh, there's a DVD coming out that I've done with the WWE, and also yeah. I, I I don't know if I'm allowed to to talk about this stuff. I got more WWE stuff coming up. And, uh, well, that's awesome. Yeah. I mentioned my friends, uh, Edge and Christian. So I yeah. probably should leave it at that. But, uh, no, you're probably yeah, going to I, be I, 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 the Edge and Christian show. <laughs> I, I get Which is going to be awesome. I, I, yeah, yeah. And they, I'm telling you, like, uh, I'm afraid to look at the script on this one because they, like I said, they have creative freedom. And they, yeah. when I did that show with Gene, yeah. if you saw that, and I was like looking in the prompter going, are those words really in there? Do you guys want me to say that? You know, I mean, yeah. it was, so. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. But, but I, I get to do just enough where it's really fun. And the podcast is a blast, uh, you know, doing it um, once a week. So yeah. right now it's just all fitting into a really, it fits into my life really well. And I, I'm having a blast doing the podcast. So and, anybody's got and from, a, questions? From, a, from huh? a fan standpoint, like it, it, for us that grew up watching wrestling since we were younger and stuff, it was super cool to see you back, see you back involved with wrestling. Like a lot of people are excited that you're doing this podcast and stuff. And when I even mentioned that, hey, I might be able to do this live stream of Sean Mooney, there was a lot of people that got excited about it and wanted to make sure they were here for it. So I'm glad we got to do this. Um, and I'm glad you're doing the podcast because it is really entertaining. And, it's, it, and once again, like, I've listened to a handful and you do get different stories that you don't hear anywhere else. Because it's less of a conversation of what happened when or what happened in that time. It's more of just a conversation, conversation. It's organic. And it's a catching up with people you probably haven't talked to in a long time. And you get that vibe. And when you catch up with people, you get those stories that you won't hear anywhere else. It's, it's yeah. Really and, cool. and also, I mean, uh, of course, professional wrestling is a huge part of their lives. But I love these episodes because I think they're very inspirational to a lot of people. Because you learn about these these guys' lives. Danny Davis, in one of the episodes, you know, Danny Davis uh, grew up in Brockton, Massachusetts. He was at like twelve or thirteen. He was a street fighter. That's how he made yeah. his living. I mean, because he was did not know that. for a very yeah. poor family, right? And this is somebody who came from you know really nothing. And you know, I, I talk about his his journey. Where first of all, uh, even getting a job with the WWF, which he did, and it moved rings. That's what he did. You know, he was uh, put up rings and was part of a ring crew. Then to go from that and become a referee, then uh, not just become a referee, become a heel referee. Then go yeah. from there and become a superstar to, to appearing in main events. So, you know, they're all this, these guys have incredible stories, and most of them are very, very, uh, you know, they're just in, uh, incredible people who've, who've yeah. 
who've uh, over, you know, overcome incredible odds. You know what I'm talking about. This business is tough. Yeah, it is tough. You have to. Not you don't have to have thick it. skin. You yeah. gotta have. You gotta have leather for skin and be able to keep yeah. getting up over and over. Because how many? You know, how much rejection these guys face, and the ones that that uh, that triumph. That you know, like this interview I just did with Scott Levy, where he never thought he was good enough ever, and yet yeah. you look back. He had a pretty damn good career. He had a pretty damn impressive career, and and went to yeah. all these different places, and just. Like you said, I, I, I knew there were times I should have kept my mouth shut. Like it's, it yeah. wasn't me. I couldn't do it, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, but it just shows you what, how incredible these people are and they reach these sites and they're just like everybody else they have the same stuff they've gone through. So no matter where you are, you can triumph, you can get through it. And these guys are classic examples. And that's why I love telling their stories. Yeah, I really do. Yeah. If there's anyone out there that was interested in broadcasting just generally and wanted to get into the WWE, like, would you have any advice for them? Well, boy, uh, different time <laughs> these days. Yeah, it is different times. And, and I got an opportunity that just, you know, I was very, very at the same time, I worked my ass off before that. And I always tell people, you know, you just got to keep plugging. And I have never, told anybody i was the the best looking i was never had the best voice i was never the most talented but damn it i never stopped i just kept knocking and that's that's the whole message with you'll get from me but you, a lot of these guys i interviewed that's what made them successful they just never gave up it was they just they had the passion for it and nobody was going to stop them so i think that whatever you want to do you know you've just got to just keep going and eventually something will happen no, for sure. Um, now, I guess I guess we'll end it pretty soon. I guess I'll ask maybe like I'm a huge uh, I'm a huge fan of Macho Man Randy Savage. Do you have any Macho Man stories? Uh, yeah, well, I always uh, love a good Macho Man story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This and this one is kind of tied into Vince too. Yeah. Um, and and Conrad Thompson talks about this story. He said it's one of his favorite interviews he ever saw. Well, to me, it wasn't one of my favorites, but yeah. I'll tell the story anyway. Uh, it was when he was the Macho King, and, and um, I can't even remember what happened in the match, but, you know, he was devastated. It was, you know, and he comes back stage, and we're going to do this live interview. And Vince is in the room with me. And I said, you know, like I said, we didn't really script things back then. And just said, I said, how, how long do you want to go with this? He said, we'll let you know. Just go. Let Randy do it. Yeah. He goes, I'll tell you when to wrap. I'm like, okay. So we go and Randy goes off on this, you know, emotional tortured and, and he's, you know, just going on and on and on. And, and he's looking to the camera and it's just dramatic. And I'm thinking, that's a good point. And I don't, Vince doesn't say anything. And he keeps going, he keeps going. Finally, you know, Randy gets down on his knees and he's gra grabbing me and, you know, and I look over at Vince and Vince is wrapping his arms around his, body like you know and i'm thinking well he's want me to he's want me to hug him what what, I, yeah. what does that mean i don't know what he wants me to do <laughs> yeah and so finally randy just doesn't say anything and so i wrap it up and you know we're clear and vince is like what the hell were you doing i'm like what what he says i told you to rap i said when did you tell me to rap he goes yeah. i was going like, I'm like vince i have seen you know this i've seen wrap it up you know yeah. i have never seen this yeah <laughs> and that was my singular rap but anyway randy's like it's okay brother i think it went off well anyway mm -hmm. yeah yeah. <laughs> like, but, <laughs> yeah that was was he 
Did he, did, was he like was he super intense in promos and just totally like he could turn it off when it was done? Is that how it worked? <laughs> no, Randy, Randy was pretty much Randy, but he was uh, you know the consummate professional. I mean, yeah. he was always always prepared, and uh, we had a little bit of a, a run in uh, early on, not where you know it was like this physical thing, but something had happened, and I I went and told him. I said, you know, as an announcer, you can't you can't do that, and you got to let yeah. me know. And I yeah. thought for sure I'm going to get dope slapped or something. And he went, oh, see your point, brother. You know, something yeah. like Hulk Hogan there. But, you know, yeah. he said, <laughs> he, he, instead he was like, okay. And from that point on, we were cool for, after that. And very, we got to be very close. That's and, awesome. uh, yeah, but it, it took a long time. But I always admired about him the fact that he was always ready and always prepared. And he was just, you know. He with his interviews spot on, and he always would say, you know, it was something that his father taught him that if you didn't give a hundred percent, you were stealing from people, and yeah. you know they paid money to come and see you, and you better deliver. And that was always his philosophy. And, and you know, every time I ever worked with him, that's all I ever saw. That's that's right. my story of Randy because that's he was always that way. Whenever I worked with him, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, who was your favorite person? Your favorite person promo person. Personally, like it's not even just interviewing, just watching. Like, who was your favorite promo person? Because uh, I'm a character storyline guy, and I love promos and stuff. So I want to know yeah. who your favorite promo person was. There was a lot of great ones. I have, but I have to say the most fun, the ones that the ones that I enjoyed the most, the ones I liked doing with, was was Kurt, Kurt Hennig. Yeah, was yeah because he was just uh, he was really good at what he did. Yeah. But he was also had he was just so damn funny. I mean, he was one of the funniest guys, and and. Uh, he would always do little, you know, he was known as this tremendous river. He didn't ever do anything really <laughs> a bad rip to me. But he would do stuff like where, you know, he'd come in in the interview room and, and uh, Mooney, you know, whatever, and during the interview, yeah. and then he'd leave. And then, like, you know, two hours later, I'd find a, a wad of gum on my on my jacket, you know, where you yeah. couldn't see it. But he when he put his arm on me, he, you know, because he was always chewing the gum. Had you on the back, like the gum back there? Yeah. Were you ever ripped really bad by anybody? Is there a rib story that you have? Uh, no. Well, just, you know, little stupid things. But um, I learned really early on uh, when, when, I, when, you know, Gorilla and uh, Alfred kind of gave me my, you know, smarten me up. And they were saying, you know, you never fall asleep on a plane. You never take yeah. your shoes off, you know. And you're not going to be one of them, so don't try and pretend yeah. you are. You know, don't ever think when they invite you back to your room, their room, don't go. And so yeah. – <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I never really put myself in a position where I could do that. And I wasn't on the road as much as those guys were. I would see them at TV tapings and we would be, you know, in and out. So, yeah. it, you know, we used to do a lot of stuff back at the studio. But besides that, you know, that was that was about it. I, I was pretty fortunate. No major rips. So they, they let you know beforehand, which is which is good on them. <laughs> yeah, no, they smartened me up early on. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I really, really appreciate your time. Um, once again, like guys, you can find it primetime with Sean Mooney on MLW Network, iTunes, and go check out the YouTube channel. If you want to hear some of the stories we kind of talked yeah. about on here and just like the snippets of it, then you can find them on the YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe, though. Don't just go there and watch them because everything helps all the time. Um, yeah. Really appreciate your time. Is there anything you want to say before I let you go? Because I know you had an event and you're in some random room. I don't want to keep you there forever. <laughs> yeah, I got to get back upstairs. Yeah, but I really, I just want to thank uh, everybody. Really, the uh, they, I've just been blown away by um, the WWF WWE fans. They're the most loyal 
uh, and, and just wrestling fans. You know, I, I've covered everything. NFL, I've covered uh, Major League Baseball, the NBA, and no fans are come close. And it took me a while to understand why they were so passionate and why they, uh, you know, love talking to me or because they just they love that period. Those eight, the 80s and the 90s was just a special time. And I feel like I look at it like um, I was on one of their favorite TV shows. And I was one of the players. I was one of the small part players, but yeah. I was part of that show, and and they loved it. So, when when they uh, people said to me, you know, you were one of the voices of my childhood. God, that just yeah. knocks me, because I just think that's that's so awesome, and it, and it makes me just appreciate it, um, you know, because it takes them back to their childhood. And it, it really does. Someone in there, that, someone yeah. here even said the moment they heard your voice, they felt like they were thirteen years old again. Right. And that, yeah. That's awesome. And, yeah. And, and and that was great time. I mean, like you think about how much fun was that period of time that we we got to be a part of, you know, the whole rise of Hulkamania and and Randy and, you know, we could go on and on and on. Yeah. Uh, Lead to the Doom, Demolition, those guys, and I got to play with them. I got to be there yeah. and know them, you know. So I get it. I get it. And I just want to thank everybody. Really, it's it's been so much fun. It's probably, it it like took me back to one of the greatest times of my life, and that's I, I thank them for that. So I hope we appreciate you. We're happy you're back. We're happy you're involved again. They go super cool to see at Raw 1000. I remember watching them like, holy smokes, it's Sean Mooney. Because I grew up with a brother that watched, was an 80s child and watched in that time. So I had all the magazines and the VHS tapes and policy and deals. So I knew, I knew. And and, uh, and it was super cool. And uh, the fact that you're doing the podcast is great because you have a different perspective than everyone else because you you were there during that time with a lot of these guys that some of the younger people doing podcasts, like Stone Cold, can have a conversation with Brian B. Blair and it won't be like the same period of time because it was a different period of time. So it's cool. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, I talk to so many of these guys now and, and, and I was no different that, you know, when you're, when you're working and you're focused and you're trying to, you know, get better and you don't stop and just look around and go, wow, look what I'm doing. And they say, now they look back and now they realize what an incredible period of our lives that was. And I, I do too. And it's, it's just so much fun now to relive it with them and talk about these stories and and now people get to hear all this, you know, and yeah. it's, it, it's just great. I love it. So I please listen. And then also we, uh, I'm going to be a part of uh, of the event taking place uh, in Chicago. Chicago in September. Yeah. Um, all in so, event. Yes. And there's a lot of us are going to be there and they're going to have uh, a lot of the podcast there. And so uh, I hope that everybody catches that, too. There'll be, you know, Conrad and them are putting this all out and uh, it's going to be a great event. But there's other stuff going on. So. Thank you so much for, for following me now. You can uh, contact me on Twitter at, at Sean Mooney Who or at Primetime Mooney. And we also have a website, primetimemooney.com. That's, you can get all the connections. But I love hearing from you guys. And so thank you. Well, hopefully, we, hopefully we can do this again. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, it's cool. And I, it, was, it was great talking to you. It's, it's cool for me, too. I kind of act all normal and cool. But it's super cool for me, too. I know I got to meet you at Wally Mania, but I was – in a different state of mind. Yeah. But, <laughs> we all were that night. And, and we, we, and we didn't even were. have to drink, if you remember. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> Just like, woo! That's yeah. true. But yeah. it, it, it was a pleasure meeting you that day. It was a pleasure doing this. I really appreciate it. Um, we'll definitely do this again. And yeah, check. Uh, I'll make sure everyone checks out your stuff. And I'll keep in touch to make sure I yeah, know what's going do. on to let everybody know. Yeah. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you. See ya. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. That was fun. Um, I'm going to definitely uh, 
someone says something about me, I don't know. But um, I definitely, yeah, I was in a different state of mind at Wally Mania. That's what you're talking about, AJ. I know it. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, that was, I start sweating when I do these things because I get nervous, but I'm trying to act all cool and stuff. Like, I don't know, maybe it's hot in my room, but that was a blast. It was a pleasure for me. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope I got to ask some of your questions. I tried. Um, and I'm going to put this up on YouTube, just like the Rikishi one. So definitely check it out. And yeah, man, I hope you guys enjoyed it, man. And I'll put all the Sean Mooney stuff on the YouTube channel. So you guys can check out his podcast, his YouTube channel, everything else. And <laughs> what drugs did you do, Sean Mooney? And I'm going to watch Backlash now. But I also want to quickly plug myself. Check out the Squared Circle DNA podcast. It's now up on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, and TheRestingClassic.com. Just type in Squared Circle DNA. It's me and my boy, Danny B. This is just an introduction. Next week, we're going to be talking about when we thought the Attitude Era started. What moment in professional wrestling did we think the Attitude Era started? Was it the Stone Cold Austin 316 promo? Was it the Montreal Screwdrop? Was it the formation of DX? When do we actually think the Attitude got brought into the WWF? Not the Monday Night Wars. We know when that started. That started with NWO, let's say, for example, and Nitro being a show. But when did the Attitude Era start? So check it out next week. I'm going to be putting a post on my page where I say, um, where I talk, where I ask you guys when you think the Attitude Era started. Um, but yeah, I just want you guys to do that. So Squared Circle DNA, uh, go on iTunes, give it a rating, listen to it. Um, the first episode's kind of all over the place, but we're going to get it together as we keep moving forward. Um, I might be doing some stuff on Twitch. Uh, Lady Kane's all about that right now. Uh, the wrestling classic shops will be open more, but I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Sean Mooney. <sighs> Sometimes I talk so fast and so much that I, it hurts myself. <laughs> but, uh, hope you guys interview like that. Uh, interview with Sean Mooney and uh, I'll put it on YouTube and check with the podcast and check out Sean Mooney's podcast and we'll see who I can try to get next for one of these live streams. So we've got Sean Mooney and we've got it in Rikishi. Let me know who you guys want to see next. I, I don't have any interview skills. I'm trying. I'm learning as I go. Um, but we're going to keep trying to do these cause, and if you guys really enjoyed them then then more people will be wanting to do it because I see that you guys enjoy it. Don't worry, Mitch Mulligan, we'll be doing some shit too. Um, too sweet, you guys, even though I guess that's getting played out to some people. But anyways, get Jericho. I wish I could get Jericho. Imagine that conversation. Maybe I can get Jericho to talk about the cruise of Jericho. That'd be insane. Don't worry, Angel, I'm saving it and I'm going to be putting it on YouTube. Um, anyways, pleasure speaking to you guys all. I want to watch Backlash just as much as you guys do. And it's sunny out here. I don't know what to do, guys. But enjoy the enjoy the rest of you guys' day. And we'll talk to you all later. Uh-huh. Ooh, yeah. Uh-huh. Wrestling Classic shirts coming to you pretty soon on the new Wrestling Classic store. Stay tuned. Squared Circle DNA. It's in your veins, man. Talk to you guys all later. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.